but there's still all these subgenres of like creativity and roads that you can go down musically that haven't been explored right and i think part of the problem with that is that we're in a genre that doesn't know what to do with things that are out of the box or very unique mm. but i think the main thing that i try to impart to anybody i'm working with and anybody i've worked with has probably heard me say this a thousand times is make a record that's you don't make a record that's like you're trying to get your next song on the radio like, yeah let's yeah. make a record that's really unique the songs are really solid but that is something that is timeless that people will come back to in five years and still enjoy it Welcome back to Baritone Podcast, a show about Old Bear Records and Old Bear Studio in Batavia, New York. My name is Lucas, and I'm one of the producers of this show. Today on the podcast, we have an interview with Old Bear artist and producer Chris Hoisington. Chris has had his hand in most of the projects coming out of Old Bear, so him and I sat down and got talking. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with him, so I hope you enjoy listening. I feel like it makes sense to interview you because you have a hand in a lot of the um, the projects here. So you act kind of as a producer for a lot of albums, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, indirectly, I that I didn't start out wanting to do necessarily wanting to do production. I just I had a lot of ideas for myself and a lot of different records that I wanted to make on my own. Yeah, that didn't definitely all didn't fit into one genre, right? And so, just got asked by a friend to to work on his record, and that kind of spawned this whole other side of like, I feel like so much of my personality gets wrapped up in these other records too. Mm -hmm. But none of these other records are really al necessarily alike. I think there's similarities, but they're all. Uh, thought out in being different from each other none of them are really repeats of the same it's not like i've done 50 old school gospel records or and that's my main thing you know yeah um, yeah so in a lot of ways it's it helps scratch the itch of uh being able to make all sorts of albums with different people hmm. And concepts with different people. You know, I have, yeah. I, I, I'll have a lot of ideas of what I want to do, and then I'll just wait for the right time or the right person to come along to pitch them the idea to mm. be like, hey, what if we approach the record with maybe this instrument as the crux of it or um, this idea as kind of the backbone of the record? Yeah. And we kind of let everything kind of sit in that vein. Mm. Um, and then it's then it's a discourse with the artist of like, I love that idea, you know, and it's it, it and then it kind of births this whole other thing of like this relationship with you and the artist and kind of putting your heads together and creating this thing, you know, um, that obviously everybody contributes to. Yeah. I think from my perspective, I'm walking with the artist through point A to point Z, right? Mm -hmm. So they send me the songs you know, we have the hard conversations about this is good, this isn't good. 
obviously want to be treated the way I would want to be treated when you when I'm bringing songs to the to the forefront you know you're not expecting every song to be as far along as the, the last and I'm not really I'm not of the mindset all the time too that songs have to be you know the best song you've written every time I'm kind of the mindset that it you know there's different ideas that you're doing on different records and 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 different things will hit different people at different times whether the song is a little bit more fun or a little bit more this way or that way certain certain records i've had to do a lot more uh writing with the artist and kind of fleshing out really kind of focusing what we want to do and that takes a lot of yourself you know so you know, I don't end up working on my own stuff for a long time because mm. I'm putting a lot of myself into these other things. Yeah. You know, and yeah. or song ideas or like mm. I'll have song ideas and I'll pitch them song ideas and like, hey, I had this idea. After hearing what you're doing or what style you want to go for, let's write some songs together in kind of the spirit of harmony and the spirit of us kind of co-producing this together. of the albums that I work within is sacred music and worship music and to me those genres have we have so much more ground um, to tread and soil to till up even in stylistically there's so many styles that can still be explored in mm-hmm. those genres right yep so even in worship we went from like hymns and um, monk chanting and things, you know, down through the ages to what we're doing now, which is, you know, a lot of what's in the forefront is, you know, you had basically, uh, you know, the, the U2 vibe for a while in the nineties <laughs> and then yeah. everything transitioned now to like kind of an eighties thing, but there's still all these subgenres of like creativity and roads that you can go down musically that haven't been explored. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think part of the problem with that is that we're in a genre that doesn't know what to do with things that are out of the box or very unique. Hmm. But I think the main thing that I try to impart to anybody I'm working with and anybody I've worked with has probably heard me say this a thousand times is make a record that's you. Don't make a record that's like you're trying to get your next song on the radio. Like, yeah, let's yeah. make a record that's really unique songs are really solid but that is something that is timeless that people will come back to in five years and still enjoy it and i think the only way you can do that is to try to avoid the trends don't focus so much on what's trending now that in worship music and church culture is like you know sounds like the devil talking like oh well how are we going to bring people in if we're not doing what's trending or writing song and my mindset of it is more if you're singing from your heart and you're creating from your heart, then you're going to get, you're not only going to gain the respect of your peers, but you're going to gain the respect of people who aren't Christian that are like, wow, Mm. I wish I would have thought to do that. I wish Mm. creatively I would have went down that road. Yeah. And that says why as believers or people of faith, why it's important to set trends, right? We're setting the trends and we're going to do music that's not 
popular at the time or is yeah. it, you know whatever. like logically to set a trend is like not doing what's trending right now right and i feel like that's almost a trend these days is seeing seeing appreciating things that aren't a trend almost <laughs> like things that are in pop culture i feel like a lot of people especially millennials these days are like drawn to things that aren't trends right and the, and the, i think that musically speaking i think that we've seen styles kind of be revived over the last you know 10 years like the 80s has come back the 70s came back uh old folk music kind of made a revival you know so i think that elect in electronic music has kind of stayed kind of in the forefront whether it's through rap or um whatever i mean i think that people are more open to things that are not trending necessarily like you said because yeah. i think that like there there is a openness to the fact that there is a well wealth of stuff i think and, and and to me one of the things i would say as an artist myself that i don't take most of the time and i think a lot of people are probably this way but i i don't really like if i hear a lot about a band like everybody's talking about a band yeah. generally i'm going to avoid it hmm. only because i'm when I think of like record collecting, I'm a big vinyl collector. I think of music collecting. I want to kind of search things out for myself. doesn't mean that I don't take recommendations from people or say, check this out. But if everybody's trending on Mumford & Sons, my natural inclination is going to be, well, what came before Mumford & Sons or what mm. kind of spawned that? And like as an artist, I feel a little bit like an underdog, right? So I would love people to approach finding music the way that I do because they would find artists like Brothers McClurk if they just mm. dug a little bit under the surface of like, okay, I know what is being fed to me. I know that people are telling me, listen to this, or people are telling me this is the next big song or this is the next big band. But go and find music for yourself. Find bands mm. that aren't being discovered or are need to be unearthed yeah. and need to be appreciated, right? Mm be a, a record collector yourself. Don't just take what people are giving you. I think one of the first bands that really, that hit me was like the Smashing Pumpkins way back in the day and then kind of just started going into all the subgenres of my bloody valentine and shoegazer music and there was this whole scene in christian music of ba bands that played at cornerstone like starflyer 59 mm -hmm. and david yeah. and damian gerardo who's still great yeah um and um just enjoying all those artists that were really making great music right and they were this kind of subgenre of christian culture that was kind of there, but it wasn't really acknowledged so much in the mainstream, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so just kind of enjoying all these different things. I wouldn't say that there was a uh, one thing that caused me to kind of go in that direction. Just I loved, there was a season in my life, really loved R&B music. And um, so I was able to, re to relate to, you know, like one of the artists that we had in, she said, uh, Jessica Crawford was like, I noticed you're really into 90s R&B, and that just kind of hooked me into what you guys were doing. 
Um, and wow. so for me, I, th I think that, and everybody, you wouldn't expect that if you kind of heard my own music, but right. <laughs> everything down to, um, I think what we're, what we're trying to create here is a brand mm -hmm. more than we're trying to create, uh, hit records. Right. So there's a lot of labels and sub labels that I like that we're doing really beautiful things, creative things. Generally you like one of the artists, you end up liking all the artists. And I think I w much prefer to kind of be a part of building a brand, you know, like, yeah. like guys like Jack White, what he's done with third man, or, um, I've been really super into like sixties and seventies, new age music. Hmm. And at the time, they were just making music that sounded like peaceful music or meditative, right? Mm -hmm. We as Christians get really freaked out like they were channeling the devil. <laughs> I don't think that was the case at all. I mean, I got this one record of a guy that just collected all of these old, his name's Frank Perry, he did a record called Deep Space, and it's like all of these old gongs and like uh, Middle Eastern chimes and like yeah. um, just all this different really interesting stuff. And he just went into a room surrounded himself with all this stuff and then just just let it happen just created mm. something and it's one of the coolest records that i've heard and like no one really knows about it and i'm like this this record deserves to be acknowledged you know there's a lot of records like that but they were creating something you know and i feel like in in christian culture we have the same um responsibility to create something that is we're trying to figure out what the sound of God is to us. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of that scripture that says like we, we now, right now we only see in part through like a glass dimly lit, you know, but when Christ returns, we'll kind of see everything, right? Yeah. Fully. Um, you could almost say that about sound, right? Like we only hear in part right now. Mm -hmm. And I would challenge people of faith to say, open your ears more because the sound of God doesn't just reside in the walls of a, of a church building. There's sounds happening all over the place that resonate with our soul or bring out something or remind us of something or bring a certain element of nostalgia that can be, that can be added into our records, making records, different sounds, and also can be added into how our appreciation of enjoying things that are outside of what we would normally go after, hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think Ed's album kind of displays that really well oh yeah because it's it's totally unlike anything else that the studio really on the label anyways has done and it's right beautiful yeah well there's actually a lot of like new age elements in that i know some christians might be freaked out by say that but there's tree chimes in there and yeah. just different stuff that normally when like you ambience approach of crowds yeah, yeah normally when you approach a piano record you don't think of that stuff but i think that in some ways you know, we're trying to add some of, of just the seeking of like, let's not put perimeters on this and let's take this where it wants to go and let's try different things. And you come back in with this, that record in particular, like there's one track where it's like, 
a 1920s World Series playing in the background and he's playing and it sounds like you're at a summer baseball game right yeah so immersive right you're trying to like create an experience beyond just like um piano albums which have right. kind of been done um and kind of add a different spin on it and try something new I love instrumental records. I mean, probably half the time I'm listening to. I've uh, been getting into this guy, this Italian guy, in the '70s. He actually became a Christian like a few years ago, but he made like 30 albums <laughs> in the '70s. Dang. Nobody in Christian music would know what to do with this guy. I, he goes by his just his initials MB, mm -hmm. and he made this record called Symphony for a Genocide. Oh my god. And it was basically noise. And he took like old transmitter machines and all of these different um like some electrical equipment and like old electronics, right? Yeah. And just put them in a room and created this music. And it's like Dang. you hear it and it actually makes sense like hmm. it takes you somewhere hmm. right that guy did something that nobody else was doing at seriously the time, right and so it's interesting to me i love to talk to him because he recently became a christian right and I'm yeah like, how many christians dig what you do yeah <laughs> you know yeah. And, th and that's i'm not that's not knocking i know i'm not knocking hmm. um uh christian culture because let me say that i think that the current state of the music and Christian music needs to happen. I think that that music reaches people, right? Yeah. I'm not dogging it. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. I think the problem is, is that we've narrowed it to not including these other things to mm -hmm. saying, if you're going to make a record like Ed's, you can't join this club, mm -hmm. that this isn't a part of Christian, whatever, or we're not going to acknowledge it. You know, so is I mean? old bear kind of like a pushback to that. I think it can't, I, I mean, I guess, but, not in a way that is, I'm not, I'm not the guy coming on here saying that I'm going to try to change, oh, change no. it or even, yeah. cause like I said, I think that that other kinds of music needs to happen. Yeah. Maybe not a pushback, maybe like just a response. It's just a response to saying we want to be added to the conversation. Yeah. We want to be a part of making these sounds and these ideas as sacred music to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And just like this guy who made a record with all these different machines, right? Mm -hmm. Anywhere else in the world that would be respected as just art, not as like, you know. And so for me, um, I think I think we're we're not really adhering to like it being a Christian thing. I think that, but I think that for me, I love the fact that we're that we say, hey, we appreciate who Jesus is, and we're also trying to make music that is beautiful and is boundless and is limitless you know that we don't have to like be adhere to things you know yeah i am i am interested because i feel like 
in the short shortish time that I've known you, I've I've heard you talk about some some pretty interesting albums. Even just like in passing, I'll I'll be around and I'll I'll hear you telling someone about oh this guy from this time in in history and he made this music. So, what are some of your biggest inspiration records that that you you can go back to that have uh, inspired you through the years or recently or I mean, as a culture, I really like the Grateful Dead um, because totally. I think as a culture, we have a lot as Christ- as Christians, we can learn a lot from them. Mm. Take out the drugs um, aspect of it and the and the, the evil of it, but the the communal aspect of it, they're still selling out arenas everywhere they go, and they never had a hit. You know, they had one totally. song that never it didn't it went to like ten on the charts, one song, and they're probably still. When they play, and the Jerry Garcia is dead, people are yeah. still showing up for an experience, right? I think, I think as a label and as bands, if we can create a culture like that, that's like a tribe that, like, loves what Old Bear does and will, will kind of go on the journey with us, no matter where we're going to take it, or uh, musically we're going to go on the journey with the artist because we know. You know, it might not be our thing at first, but we're going to learn why it's beautiful. I think that 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 group, not only musically, but just um, what they did as a culture, they created a culture. Totally. That was that that was went against the grain. And I think that um, they were just doing their own thing. Yeah. And I think just uh, I mean, read a lot of books on them and I think they just kind of grew out of this this pure place to want to just make music and i feel that way about when i'm live with people and i'm singing and i'm uh singing from my heart to people is like kind of giving them an experience that they're not going to get again but yeah i think for me the um couple records like in the 60s like the Lubin brothers they did a record called Satan is Real which I love uh still love it listen to it there's uh it's got one of the craziest album covers you've ever seen they like it's like them in hell with like <laughs> flames around them with their like guitars oh, with man. like gospel suits on yeah <laughs> All the all the records are all the the whole records just like kind of gospel songs, you know. Mm. It's like that that's actually a record I would love to cover, like do a cover record of that at some point. Mm. Just do a new take on it. Yeah. The Trees community, which was like, they sang a lot of psalms and stuff. Um, the singer of Fleet Foxes was ta- talked about them a few years ago. Like they're just really out of the box, mm. cool stuff. Mm. Um, this guy, Ira Watson, he did a record called Shining Star, which was like, uh, sounds like Michael Jackson, but it's like gospel, <laughs> like old Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Isabel Baker, she did a record called I Dig God's Style. I like God's style. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds funny, but it's great. It's like her and an electric guitar. It was like a seventies 
or late 60s 70s record yeah so yeah i mean there's th- th- i mean that's just some of the stuff that i um that i like that i've been really into um david bixby he did a record called second coming he got caught up in like an occult and but Yikes. he made he made a couple good really good records out of it and just kind of just beautiful stuff where do you see old bear in like 10 years I don't know because I mean I don't even, I didn't even see it where it is now yeah you know, I mean I like I said I don't the fact that people would come here and and put and have and trust me with their music or allow me to kind of take the reins of it is a humbling thing and I never thought I was going to be doing that you know and tell like one day I woke up and I'm like Maybe I should be, maybe I should produce, maybe I, this is what I should be doing. Like, but it wasn't really like a, I set out to be a producer. I yeah. was like, I'm not a good engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I can a little bit, but I'm way more about pushing things and trying things that we didn't think to try and creating. I want whoever comes in here to make, help them create a sound that is, is special and unique and is just them that is something that is their uh thing you know yeah yeah like we just did that record with uh legend it was like pretty much just vocals so good you know I listen to that it's... so i mean it was like but there wasn't it was like what could we do that we haven't done mm-hmm. what could we try and i mean and, and and you also the songs have to be great i mean you want this you want to challenge the songs but then once you have that that piece in place where you can take it you know, there's so many possibilities. So where I could see it going is like, I would love to, I would just love to see the brand become something for a tribe of people that appreciate things that are being just what they are and genuine and, and, and trying new things and, and seeing, uh, cause I know that there's a lot of like-minded people out there that, that feel the same way have yeah. the same attitude. And it's just finding them, right? And it's just it's just kind of gathering them together. And so I think all of these tools of what this podcast and uh, the different records that come out and different tours that we're doing just kind of help to kind of make more people aware of it, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where it would be in. Just ride the wave, see ride where the it goes. Wave and see where it goes, yeah. Where is now your God? How shall you save yourself? Where is now your God? How shall you save yourself? Thank you for listening to Baritone Podcast. If you like what you are hearing, go ahead and leave us a review. Also, you are always welcome to email us at baritonepodcast 
at gmail.com if you have any thoughts or comments about the show. Thank you to Chris Hoisington for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Thank you to Sarah Bridgman for creating our logo and Anthony Hoisington for helping produce this podcast. Every tribe has a story. The tale of Old Bear Records, Old Bear Studios, and all the people who wear the badge of Old Bear must be told. My name is Rich Kirkpatrick, an author and musician who met the members of Old Bear a few years ago in Northern California. My wife and I had dinner with Chris, Anthony, Jeremy, as well as some other new friends. I thought if I could ever hang out again with these guys, my world would improve. In fact, over the years it did. I have heard their story over refreshing beverages and good grub. A sacramental table indeed. This new blog format, Bear Tracks, hopes to go a little deeper than news or music. What is ringing in the soul of Old Bear? What stories are yet to be uncovered? We hope Bear Tracks leads us together on a journey of creation, art, and hope. Welcome to our table. Let's hang out.